Hey, this is John Gunter with the Eagle Community Church of Christ. We're so glad you found our podcast, and we hope that you will find some value here as you tune into our sermon. This week we talk about Biblical Leadership Part 2, where we dive into what the Bible says about how shepherds are to lead and to be examples for the rest of the church. Again, I hope that you you find a, a lot here, and hopefully it helps us to have a healthy view of what church leadership looks like. Come see us anytime. We hope you will here in Mont Bellevue. Let us know if we can do anything for you. Have a good one. I, uh, if you didn't watch the stream of the first service, I, I told them, y'all got the easy cups this time. I had the older one, you know, that has the burnt cracker. You got that one yet? <laughs> I, I'd heard people say that some of them were hard to open, and I, I never had a real problem with them. This morning, I got one that was welded shut. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was positive I was either not going to get into it or I was going to be wearing a big purple stain on this, but I finally got it open. But it's, it's, it's the little things that you just kind of get a crack out of. I don't know. Uh, this morning, we are, we are continuing our, our study of biblical leadership. We're going to focus on shepherds. Uh, and what I, I kind of want to lay out what we're going to do. that After today, so the next two weeks, we're going to focus on uh, Jesus going to the cross and then resurrection. So we're going to focus on Easter uh, in, in two weeks. So what I want you to do is if you have questions about biblical leadership, what I say today, thoughts you've had before, hey, John, what do you think about this? I want you to send those to me. I would love to, to work some of that into the way I present this. I won't call you by name. You don't have to do any of that. Uh, but just to know, hey, somebody's thinking about this question. I'd like to be able to answer it. So if you've got questions as we go along, write those down. You can, uh, I'll give you my phone number. You can text them, whatever. But I would love to, love to get those and incorporate that into this message. Uh, so last week we kind of did a general overview of biblical leadership, and we focused on uh, Mark 10, which we'll revisit today, um, where, where Jesus kind of has to set his disciples right. They, they had some complaints or requests, and, and Jesus kind of had to set them uh, in a different light. And so uh, we, we came out of that with knowing that uh, biblical leadership is never about rank. You know, it's never about a lot of the things we, we try to make it, you know, where we, we may experience it out in the world as authority or rank or how we rule, you know, that kind of thing. What we got last week was you're supposed to be a humble servant, right? And so we begin today talking about shepherds, and we're going to kind of take a high view of that. We're going to dive into uh, more things in the next lesson. Uh, but today I wanted to, uh, to start here because I know some people weren't raised uh, in the churches of Christ. So this may be, you know, I know this, you know, some of you are rolling your eyes, but others didn't grow up the way you did. And so we want to present that as well. And I know we have a lot of people uh, viewing online as well. Uh, and by the way, I'll just give you this. I think by next week, our podcast will have over 1,000 downloads. And so that's a good thing to celebrate. So hopefully next week we're celebrating that. Y'all keep sharing and, and doing that. Um, so get the message out, you know. And so I think it's a fantastic thing. So today we begin with this is what a typical leadership in churches of Christ looks like. Look familiar to you? Uh, typically in a church of Christ, uh, you will have shepherds, maybe called elders. Uh, you'll have deacons, and you'll have ministers, preachers, uh, something like that. That is, that is very typical of what you will find uh, in a church of Christ. Now, for shepherds, we, we try to 
go to the Bible and say, all right, what do we need? What does the Bible tell us about what the church should have, okay? And so for shepherds, we go here. We go to 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Uh, Paul writes both of these letters to his fellow ministers, to Timothy and Titus, and kind of tells them how they should be going about things. And so we find there what we normally call the qualifications. This is probably where we spend most of our time uh, thinking about elders or deacons. It's 1 Timothy 3 uh, for elders and deacons, and then Titus 1. Acts 14.23, Paul and Barnabas go around appointing elders at every church. And so we look at that and we say, okay, uh, they were appointing elders. It's a good thing to have these men uh, in place, okay? Uh, and for deacons, we go to 1 Timothy 3 again for those qualifications. That's the only time we find that. Uh, but then we go to somewhere like Philippians 1 where Paul begins that letter by saying, hey, us together with the overseers and the deacons, you know, we're writing to you. You know, we're, we're, we're having this communication. And so we see here, we see, okay, the church had uh, some sort of elders, overseers, shepherds, and deacons together. Uh, when we get to ministers, if this will work, all of a sudden cut out. It died. You help me out, Donald. Thank you. Uh, when we get to ministers, we go to 1 Timothy 4, where Paul kind of outlines what Timothy's job as a minister is. And so we can go right there for a job description of a minister, 1 Timothy 4. Uh, or we can go to Romans 15, where Paul talks about his own ministry. He says uh, he calls himself a minister of Christ who proclaims the gospel of God. And he kind of talks about what that looks like. Uh, and, and so we, we come to Scripture, we know, well, okay, we need somebody who preaches and teaches the Word. And so that's where we find shepherds, elders, and deacons. And you notice up there I put official. Those are our official leaders. Those are people that we might say uh, have a title of some sort, whatever that means to us. Uh, but we also have a list of non-official. Why I didn't say unofficial, I don't know. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> so... Non-official, we have other people who lead in various capacities. Paul led us this morning in worship or led singing. So we, we actually call him a song leader or a worship leader, you know. There's no, no title or, you know, anything like that, but Paul led us today. We have teachers who teach our classes going on right now. We have small group leaders who have people over in their homes and guide people through the studies that, that we put together. And then the last thing I put was non-official, people doing official work. And so that's kind of a catch-all for everything else, and I'll, I'll explain that uh, a little more. But I think we need to have a healthy understanding uh, of how all of this kind of works together, okay? How, how we can come together and have a healthy understanding of what all of this looks like. Because what we can do is, like last week when I was kidding you about, you know, having this list... And we're, some of you were thinking, does he have it in the right order? And I know you were thinking that because, you know, I, I, I've been around people long enough, but I actually had people come up and say, yeah, as soon as you put minister at the top, I thought, he put himself at the top. <laughs> so I know that. Uh, but often we, we, we wonder about this. Well, who, who's in charge here? Who's ruling or who's doing this? And then that kind of bleeds over into this. And again, we ask this question, who is in charge? And it's usually with the, under, with the thought of, you know, I want to be in charge. How do I get there? But again, Dr. Hayward says if we're asking who's in charge, we're talking about biblical leadership. When we come together as a body of Christ, 
We're asking a Gentile question. And again, his, his thoughts there, a Gentile question, come back here to Mark 10, where Jesus, after having James and John just ask him, can we sit on your right and left in your glory? And then the other 10 heard about it, and they were upset with those two guys. Why are you trying to be over us, you know, kind of thing? And Jesus says, he called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Now, that word Gentiles often in Scripture just means uh, nations. The word is actually ethnos. I mean, we use that, right? Your, your ethnic background. So the nations, he said, those other people, is the way he's kind of saying that, those Gentiles lord it over them, those who rule. And their high officials exercise authority over them or upon them. Okay? So it, it's that idea of, okay, we're here, we are these people, but all those people, you know how they do business. They try to rule over, they try to exercise authority. And then Jesus says, not so with you. This is not what this is about. You don't come together and, and somebody wants to, I think I should lead these people and, and rule over them. That's not what it's about. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become your what, church? Servant. Servant that's right. And whoever wants to be first must be? Slave. See, y'all didn't peel off as, as much as first service. You got the slave. They didn't want to say that. That's kind of how he says it, that you're going to be slave. You're going to be under everyone. That's the kind of idea he's going for. You're going to be servant. You're going to do the, the lowly things. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so Jesus says, just look at what I have done for you. Look at the example I have set for you. Do you ever find in Scripture where Jesus kind of lays out the disciples they have a meeting. He says, listen, I'm running this show, buddy. You ever come across that? Oh, because Jesus just leads by example. The, the thing that drives us nuts, but the thing that's also a blessing is that God has gifted us all with free will. And we'd sure like to control a lot of other people, right? Because I got myself in order, but y'all need some work, right? But you never find Jesus just kind of, you know, hey, this is where we're going to lay this out, and I'm in charge, and James and John, you're second in command. You know, we're setting up this authoritarian system. You never come to that. Jesus says, look at the way I came and I served. And that's what we take. That's a cue that we take from Jesus. So back to official versus non-official again. And so I wanted to say something about uh, this non-official uh, people doing official work. Katie walked in when I had this on my computer, and she asked some questions. I said, listen, you gotta, you got to be there for the sermon. No cheating. Uh, no, no shortcuts or anything like that. And so what I want to say is you cannot have these official titles, as we might say, shepherds, deacons, and ministers, if you don't have people without titles, these non-official people, doing official work. Well, what do I mean by that? Somebody's already going there. If you don't have a church that is full of people doing the Lord's work, you can't have shepherds, elder, or shepherds, deacons, and ministers. I don't think you should ever ask a man to be a shepherd if he's not already shepherding. It is not a theoretical idea. Man, he's a good-looking dude. I bet people would follow him. You don't ever want to appoint a deacon like, you know what? I bet he would do some work around here. Well, is he serving? 
No. Had a lot of opportunity to, but he hadn't yet. I bet he would if we appointed him deacon, though. How many of you have ever been to a church where you thought, you looked at someone like me and you thought, you know, I, got, I know you got an IT background and you never preached in your life, never heard you teach anything, but man, I think you'd make a good preacher. You wouldn't hire a minister like that, would you? Now, we think about that with ministers, but I think oftentimes when we talk about shepherds and deacons, it's always a theoretical. I think they would be a, well, are they? Because that's the, that's the big idea here. What kind of people are they? Are they people who are shepherding? Because if, if you don't have a man who's already trusted and people come to him for advice and, and they see him as someone who, who, who knows the Bible and who loves God and who walks a certain way, you don't have a shepherd, officially or unofficially. Same thing for deacon. If you don't have a person who's serving, that's the same way. Just as well as is a minister who's never taught or never preached. And may not even want to. Oh, we'll make him. I bet he would if we, we made him that. Let's pay him a good amount of money. How wise would that be? It wouldn't be very wise at all. One thing I want to want you to get out of this sermon today is often what we can do is we can fight about these things so much so that if we don't have a healthy view of leadership, this can cause chaos within the body of Christ. Okay, we, we, we joked about this, and who, who's in charge? i got to know who's in charge. Well, we can also do that here. And oftentimes what, what you may see in churches are we've got to keep a tight rein on anyone who's not in this group. And I have seen some people's faith be shaken because they were doing some wonderful things for God, but they weren't in this group, and this group wasn't sure about it because it wasn't the way we normally do it. I have seen people who met together in small groups, people who wouldn't be comfortable standing here or behind that mic right there, begin to prepare sermons to give in their small group setting. But again, because it wasn't the way we had always done it there, it got shut down. And spiritual growth was cut off. And that's one of the effects that can come out of a, uh, a bad understanding of what biblical leadership is. If you didn't get it last week, the focus on biblical leadership is always about being a part of the body. That we all have something we do, that God has blessed us in so many ways. Now, maybe it's not what you want to do, or maybe you're not comfortable with the way God has blessed you, but God has blessed you in some certain way to serve the body. And whether or not you have an official title, it doesn't matter because we're all out for the same thing, right? And we should be. It's not to achieve some level of authority or rule or anything like that. It is to help lead the church. It is to be examples uh, for others. So again, I'll just say you cannot have these if you don't have these, ever. 1 Timothy 5, uh, I really wanted to use this to kind of show you uh, ways in which our translations don't help us have a healthy view at some sometimes, and, and so this is the translation you see me use all the time, NIV, uh, and it goes. I'm just going to read it to you real quick, but I'm going to show you kind of how some uh, just word choices kind of give us an idea that maybe wasn't there to begin with. So, First Timothy five verse seventeen: the elders who direct the affairs of the church well 
are worthy of double honor, especially those who work, whose work is preaching and teaching. For Scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. That's pretty, uh, pretty easy to understand, a uh, couple of uh, Scriptures there. But that what I have in, uh, highlighted, the only word that's actually there is the word that they've chosen for direct, and that's not a good word choice for that. That's not really the translation for it. So when you're translating, a lot of times there's no direct translation. And so you get to it, and you're like, well, I've got to fill in the blank for what he's, what he's getting at, okay? So uh, often we want a, a literal translation. Well, you wouldn't understand it either. You have to fill in some things. But the choice the NIV made here is not, not really good to direct the affairs of the church. Well, sure, they do that in some ways. But this kind of, I think, in the language we use, gives us one idea of how shepherds should work when, again, it's not necessarily even there in Scripture. Now, look at this. ESV is what I used to use when I was in, at Harding. Used it all the time. I love it. But look at the way it says this. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Now, you guys have been through. This is the second sermon where we've talked about Mark 10 and what Jesus replied to his disciples, right? Okay, some of you even had a small group about it. Does it sound like something that should have been said there? Let the elders who rule. Of course not. And that word doesn't mean rule. But you, you kind of get, okay, we're an authoritarian uh, society, and so you get someone's understanding of that back into Scripture. It's not what the word means. But they're, they're trying to convey, okay, elders ruling, that's what's happening here. Well, no, that's not the word. Uh, the Christian Standard, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, I think has it the best. It says the elders who are good leaders should be considered worthy of an ample honorarium. I don't like that. It's double honor. It's, it's fine. Uh, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And so uh, really, the, the, if you want the literal translation, it literally says the well-leading elders worthy of double honor, okay? The well-leading elders. That, that's the actual translation. So what we have, direct the affairs of the church, elders who rule well, and this I think is the closest, the elders who are good leaders, that's, that's the word uh, used there is to, to go out in front, to lead. Elders who are good leaders uh, uh, should, should get this. And so I think sometimes the way we read Scripture, the translations we've chosen can kind of skew us. And that's why when I got to Harding and I got into Greek and I thought, my goodness, why does anybody need to learn Koine Greek at this point? And, uh, you know, I wasn't real happy about it. And it didn't help that one of the first classes my Greek teacher said, you know, what I recommend for everyone, you know, sitting in the pew or whatever, is that you read four translations. You know, you get some different ones. Maybe, maybe you grab a message, which is not a translation, but a paraphrase, along with a NIV or ESV or King James or whatever you read from. And that way you kind of see, okay, there's something going on here that people are having to make choices about. Because if you read that in the translations I picked, you'd say, okay, there's, there's some kind of difference here. And that didn't help me get through Greek because I thought, well, then why take Greek? <laughs> but I did it and ended up enjoying it, I guess. But that's what we see. Elders are to be good leaders. But to be a good leader, as we have discovered in Scripture, to be a good leader is all about how you serve. You never get to a point where it's all laid out where here are the rulers, here's how you rule, you know, in, in this authoritarian way, it's none of that. It's if you want to lead, 
This is how you do it. You serve. We read that earlier, did we not? We're going to be servant of all. We're going to be slave of all. And so if we understand this point about leadership, all the other things kind of, you see them in new light. So when we get to qualifications and things like that, you'll probably have a light bulb go off. Okay, we're talking about this kind of leadership, so we're looking for this kind of person. And it makes it a whole lot easier as we go through that. So good leaders serve. One thing, one scripture I don't think we, we pay near enough attention to is 1 Peter 5, when we're talking about shepherds or elders. Uh, Peter here uh, tells you I'm an elder as well. He says, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering who also will share the glory to be revealed. So an elder speaking to other elders, and this is what he says to them. He says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your what? Not authority, not rule, reign, care. Watching over them, not because you must. It could also be not under compulsion. I feel like I have to do this. He says, but because you're willing, that's something you want to do. I want to care for these people. Okay? And then he goes on to say, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain. You're not in this for, to get some, uh, something out of it. It could be anything like I want to, uh, you know, get... Uh, I'm, I'm greedy and I want money or uh, I, I want to have this position and that's what I want. It's all about me. Not that. He says, but you are eager to what? Not show authority, not rule, not reign. He says, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being what? Examples to the flock. So how do shepherds lead? By the way, by the example they show, that is a, that's a light bulb moment. Because when you come to it and you say, okay, what is biblical leadership? What should shepherding look like? It is all about how can I be a good example? So when you look at a person and say, I wonder if they'd be a good shepherd, it's a person that you know is a great example to the church. Not that they have some kind of CEO quality where they can tell people what to do. It's they can show people what to do by how they live their life. That's it. He goes on here and he says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of, uh, the crown, the clown, the crown of glory. I'm glad uh, Courtney wasn't here. She might have fled the room. Some people don't like clowns. You will not receive the clown, but the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger... Submit yourselves to your elders. Oh, no, there's that authority rule again. No, it's not. Because what do the elders have to do that we just read about? Okay. So if shepherds are supposed to serve, and it says those who are younger, you submit yourself to the elders, what are you doing as well? You're following their example, aren't you? I want you to stand as we read this, the rest of this together. I'm sorry. That's my fault. He says, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Did you get that? It's still all about humility. It's still all about service. And if you're still questioning whether John is right or not, Jesus has something to say about it. He says this, and I'll read this to you. 
For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The way up is down. God flips the script on what we think might be the way. He said, you want to be a leader among them, you be the servant. You lead by example. You show these people how to live life. And when you understand that, again, you will understand the rest so much more clearly. I just want to, we're going to offer a time of invitation. If if your life is not right, if you've gotten some things, whether related to this or not, if they're out of whack and you need to make that relationship right, do it right now as we sing together.